tonight in Jesus' name as we come before the very throne room of our God. Father, first of all, I ask that the hand of the Lord will come upon me and anoint me tonight to preach with the power and accuracy only the Spirit of grace can bring. Father, we ask that you'd give us great understanding of your word, that we may see what is truly ours, see what truly our Lord Jesus has bought and paid for, see what the blood of Christ has done for humanity, Father. And Father, we'll give the Lord Jesus all the honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Have your Bibles with you. Hold your Bible up. Shake it at the devil. <laughs> Say, see that, Mr. Devil? Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you will, tonight to the 20th chapter of Big John. 20th chapter of, uh, of St. John the Divine. Hallelujah. Praise God. That'll give you something to do with your hands. Praise God, because we're not going to start there. <laughs> Amen. But we'll get there before it's over. Amen. We started two Sunday nights ago teaching on the Pauline Revelation. And uh, when I first got a hold of the Pauline Revelation, I got a hold of it understanding Z-O-E, Zoe, what Zoe was. That's the, the part that I got a hold to first. And if you want to understand the Pauline Revelation and go along in this, you need to get a hold of some tapes in the book room on Zoe. It's 10 tapes in there. It explains exactly what you received at the new birth. Praise be unto God. We started two Sunday nights ago talking about what happened to Jesus Christ from the cross unto the throne of God. What happened to him behind the scenes, in other words? You know, physically we saw him on the cross. We saw his nail-scarred hands. We saw the blood flow from his side, from his brow. We saw him die on the cross. The whole Roman Empire knew it. The Jewish nation, the, the Sanhedrin, all knew that he died. But something happened to him from the time that he was on the cross until the time that he sat down at the right hand of Almighty God. This is the revelation in which God gave the Apostle Paul. This is what he received. Now, this revelation was written to the church. See, the church world as a whole is still majoring out of either the Gospels or majoring out of the Old Testament. And thank God for that. I thank God that, that the Old Testament's there. It is an example unto us. Thank God for uh, 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 the Gospels. They are written, they're written though, just like a narrative, just like a story. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, 12 years old. He went to the temple, uh, anointed by God. He uh, started in his ministry at 30 years old. He healed the blind. He, he fed the multitude. Just a story of his life. But when, it, when you get over in to the book of John, there's some more revelation that comes forth that who Jesus is, the power that was invested in him, and what he has done for us. 
And when you get over into the epistles, which were written to the church. See, the gospels are open, open letters to the world. They weren't written directly to the church. The Old Testament was not written to you. How many of you know that? It was written to the Jewish nation. Amen? Now, we can use all those things, but the letter that was directly written to us is what we call the Pauline epistles uh, uh, and the uh, epistles by Peter and all those that's written directly to the church. Without a clear understanding of who you are in Christ and what these epistles clearly are written about and what they reveal, we'll always be struggling with our faith. But when you cross over the line and see what Jesus has already made you, your faith won't be something you're trying to obtain. Uh, your faith won't be something you're trying to reach out and get a hold to, but it will be a normal way of life, a normal way of living that you every day live by faith as a normal way of life. Praise God. You know, most Christians... Even we that teach faith do not know the difference between faith in the Gospels, faith in the Old Testament, faith in the Gospels, than they do in faith in the Epistles. They don't even separate them out. They don't even understand that. See, without understanding these things clearly, you'll always be struggling just like the woman with issue of blood trying to get her healing. You'll be just like the blind man crying out for mercy. See, You'll always be trying to get something from the Lord that he's already provided for us. Can you say amen? amen? Praise be unto God. So, in the Pauline epistles, everything that he wrote about, he wrote them to the church. They were that which Jesus has already set down to your credit. They are already yours. Every single thing that Jesus Christ did from the time that he was on the cross until he sat down at the right hand of Almighty God was as your substitute. As your substitute. So if he was acting as your substitute, then everything that he did is already past tense set down to your credit. It's already recorded in the annals of heaven that you are victorious in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're not going to be victorious when you get to heaven. You won't be any more victorious in heaven than you were the minute you got born again. You will not be any more healed when you get to heaven than you were the minute you got born again. You won't be any more saved when you get inside the pearly gates than you were the minute you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. See, praise be unto God. So everything that Jesus did from the time he was on the cross till he sat down at the right hand of God was as our substitute, as our agent, as our stand-in. Praise be unto God. It was set down to our credit. Praise be unto God. Every single thing that he accomplished, his total victory was for one reason. That was for mankind's benefit. Whatever he accomplished. See, Paul got the revelation of what happened behind the scenes. See, Peter 
and the apostles stood there and seen Jesus die on the cross. And when this thing's over, said, man, we've been fooled. Let's go fishing. I'm going fishing. It's over. It's over. We followed the wrong one. See? But just like uh, the apostle Peter said uh, about Paul's writings, he said those things that Paul writes sometimes are kind of hard to understand. <laughs> See, he saw him die in the physical. But something happened to our Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit. Amen. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah. That's the part that got you your redemption. It was not his physical death, but his spiritual death that got you your redemption. What happened to him in the spirit? Praise be unto God. You know, when he was on the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? At that very moment, at that very uh, second in time, he became sin for us right then, and the life and nature of God left him. It departed from him. He was no longer, he no longer had the life of God in him. He became sin for us. He became sin. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 said he was made sin. He was not just a sin bearer. A lot of people would like to say that Jesus bare our sins and that's all he did. But he did not just bear our sins. He became sin. He was made sin. He was identified with every single thing in the whole realm of sin. Everything that come with the fall of man was laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. No, we couldn't see it with our physical eyes, but our God laid it on him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Praise be unto God. You know, Romans 4.25 said he was delivered up for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Praise be unto God. So, when he was made sin on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? In just a moment of time, he cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. He gave up the ghost. Praise be unto God. And as he had prophesied in Matthew 12 and 40, said as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And our Lord Jesus, his body was taken by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and they put it in a tomb on top of the ground. But his spirit descended into the prison house of suffering and laid under the hand of judgment three days and three nights. That's the powerful thing that we need to get a hold to. That's the powerful thing. See, a lot of people, I've heard, I've heard many ministers stand and say this, that when Jesus died, he descended right into the presence of Almighty God. But that's not so. That is not so. That is, there is no scripture to back that up. Someone said, well, didn't he say into your hands, I, I, I deliver my spirit? Yes, he was in the hands of God. You know why he was in the hands of God? Because on the cross, he cut a blood covenant, praise be unto God. And he cut a covenant as the Son of Man and as the Son of Almighty God. And he was raised through the blood of the everlasting covenant. If you've got a covenant with Almighty God, you are in the hands of Almighty God. Can you say amen? Praise be unto God. He said, 
in Acts 2.31, as Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, he said, seeing before the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. He goes on to say in 1 Peter, the third chapter in the 18th verse, that Jesus was quickened or made alive in the spirit. His spirit lay under the hand of judgment three days and three nights, but on the third uh, night, blessed be God, the life and nature of our God came back into Jesus Christ in the pit of hell, and he was made alive, hallelujah. And he blew the doors open of death, hell, and the grave, and he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, praise be unto God, hallelujah. So Jesus came out of, of, of the prison house of suffering when the life of God came into him. You know, he said in Hebrews 2 and 14, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death, or by going through death, he would destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. In other words, when Jesus died, he descended into the lower prison house of suffering. He stayed under the hand of judgment three days and three nights until the Supreme Court of the universe was satisfied with the punishment paid for mankind's sin. He stayed under that until the total price was paid. And on that third day, the life of God came into him and he defeated Satan uh, as a man. Hallelujah. Praise be unto God. Praise be unto God. So he spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. Colossians 2, 15. He spoiled them. In other words, he spoiled, he destroyed their power over mankind. Now this is very important that you understand this part of the revelation. Jesus Christ was not operating as the Son of God. He was not operating as any kind of power inherent in him as being the Son of God. Do you understand that? None whatsoever. When he was on this earth, he operated as the Son of Man. Yes, he was the Son of God. It wasn't just that he was the Son of God. Jesus was God, man. I mean, before the world was made, I have no idea what kind of form he was in. Before this world was made, Jesus was not the Son of God. Do you understand that? He became the Son of God when he was born into this earth. I don't know what he was. It does not, it's not clear there exactly what form he was in, whether he was what, I don't know. But I know this, he was God. Amen. The worlds were made by God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The, all things were made by Him, and there was nothing made that was not made by Him. This Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. He took upon Himself flesh and blood. Amen. That's the miraculous thing that the Lord Jesus Christ did. He became a man. And if you can realize that, you can realize this, that Satan was defeated by a man. 
Amen. You know, in Acts 10, 38, he said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, a man named Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. Now, if he operated as being God or as the Son of God, he would not have had to be anointed. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, we just quoted Hebrews 2.14. said, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he likewise took part of the same. See, he took part of that same thing, of that, 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 that flesh and bone body. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. He said over in 1 Timothy 2.15, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Do you understand what we're talking about? A man named Christ Jesus defeated Satan. A man defeated him. See, in the beginning, a man fell to Satan, disobeyed Almighty God, and caused the human race to come under the jurisdiction of spiritual death and under the dominion of Satan. But blessed be God on the resurrection of another man, a man opened the way for any man to come out from under the jurisdiction of hell itself. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now no longer will sin, sickness, disease, and failure rule over man when he understands what God has done for him. Amen. Amen. Praise be unto God. So, Jesus became flesh and blood, flesh and bone. He defeated Satan as a man, as a man. Now, don't get it in your head that I said Jesus wasn't nothing but a man. He was more than a man. He had the life and nature of Almighty God in him. But you know, many of you that's been here before know that Jesus was not the first son of God by any means. Amen. Amen. Adam was the first son of God. You can check his genealogy. Amen. So, Jesus operated on this earth as our example on the cross and what he did in the redemptive work he done as our substitute. Amen. As taking our place. Praise be unto God. So whatever he did from the time he's on the cross until he sat down to the right hand of God, God counts that as already happened in your life. Can you say amen tonight? Yes. Praise God. So, Jesus was raised from the pit of hell. He stopped by up there at the grave to pick up his body. And while he was there, Mary had come. Hallelujah. In whom he had cast out seven devils. Praise God. She had come to finish the embalming process because the evening before the Passover, Jesus was killed. The final sacrificial lamb. Jesus was the final sacrifice of the old covenant. He said, it is finished. Amen. Amen. But he was the only sacrifice of the new covenant. Praise God. There's never been another one. There'll never have to be another one.
Praise God. So we pick up the story in the 20th chapter of John in the first verse. It said, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went out to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Skip on over to the 11th verse. She went and told Peter and John, and they ran, they came, look. 11th verse. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said unto her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have lain him. Now when she had said this, she turned about and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. You know, they must have went through a terrible trauma after Jesus' death. I mean, they had followed him for three and a half years. Now she can't even recognize him. I mean... Here's her master, and she doesn't even recognize him. She must have went through such a trauma that, that, that she, she, you know, tears in her eyes, uh, weeping, he's not here. She's so blown out, she couldn't even recognize her master. Her mind tormented with fear, not knowing what the outcome would be, not knowing that Jesus was to rise from the dead. Praise God. He goes on there, 15th verse, 14th verse. Now when she had said this, she turned about and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposing him to be the gardener said, uh, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have lain him and I'll take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary, Mary, she turned and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher, and Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. You know, as we was talking a while ago, a lot of people said when Jesus died, he went immediately to the throne room of God, but he said he didn't. He said, I have not yet ascended. Amen. I have not yet ascended unto my Father. But go and tell my brethren and say unto them, I am ascending unto my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. The 19th verse. Now this was happening when about daylight. It's still dark when, when, when Mary uh, Magdalene first came to the tomb. Now just a short while after that, she saw Jesus. He said, uh, touch me not, or don't cling to me, or don't detain me. See, you must not hold me. Some translation said she fell at his feet, holding him there. He said, don't touch me, don't hold me, don't cling to me. Why? Because I must ascend unto my Father. Now look in the 19th verse. said, then the same day at evening. That happened in the morning, now at that evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Hallelujah. When he had thus said, he showed them his hands and his sides. 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. One translation said they were thrilled with joy. I don't believe they could express the joy and the ovulation and, and the jubilation that they had that when they knew the master had been raised from the dead. He showed them his hands, his side. Hallelujah. He said, I am the one that was dead and now am alive forevermore. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Turn with me back, if you will, to the 24th chapter of the book of Luke. That morning, he said, don't touch me. That evening, he said, touch me, handle me. Luke's account does. He said, touch me, handle me. How can these things be? Why, why did he not want her to touch him, handle him, hold him to start with? Luke 24 and 36. Same account, but Luke's account. He gives a little better account. He said, now as, they, now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were terrified, frightened, supposing they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Why, why do doubts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Handle me. Now he wants you to handle him. Now he says, handle me. He told Mary, don't handle me. Don't touch me. Don't hold on to me. But now that evening, he says, handle me. Touch me. I'll show you that I am he that was dead. The hands were scarred. The side was scarred. The, the feet had the holes in them. They saw all these things. Blessed be God. 39th verse. said, behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bone as ye see I have. Praise God. When he had thus said, he showed them his hands and his feet. Now he said, a spirit does not have flesh and bone. Jesus had flesh and bone body, but it was a glorified body that no wall, no uh, instruction or, 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 or nothing could constrain him any kind of place. He could just walk right through a wall. Could, nothing could stop him. That's called the glorified body that you've got one set down to your account right now and when, when Jesus comes and Gabriel blows that trumpet, we'll get that glorified body, hallelujah, and nothing will hold us down, praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He says now, Told Mary Magdalene, don't handle me, don't touch me. Now, that evening he says, touch me. Where had Jesus been from the time of that morning until he appeared to the disciples that evening? He had been, just like he told Mary, said, I must ascend unto my father and your father. He had went in to the presence of Almighty God to present behind the veil in the heavenly holy of holies. 
He carried his blood and sprinkled it upon the mercy seat of the heavenly holy of holies and it was accepted by the supreme court of the universe. He carried his redemptive plan behind the veil. It was, it was ratified in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and every man that received Jesus Christ now has a new covenant, a new constitution, a new covenant backed up by Almighty God and the Supreme Court of the whole universe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, someone say amen. amen. Praise be unto God. Praise be unto God. He went and presented his blood and the redemptive plan before Almighty God. Hebrews 9 and 12. Why don't we just turn there and read that? Hebrews 9 and 12. Hebrews 9 and 12 said, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. I'm reading out of the New King James. But with his own blood, he entered into the most holy place. Once and for all, having it obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained eternal redemption. What obtained the eternal redemption? Mary, touch me not, hold me not. I've not yet ascended into the uh, heavenly holy of holies. I've not ascended to my Father and your Father, but go tell my disciples that I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. He took his blood and entered in to the holy of holies with his own blood, not with the blood of goats and calves and sacrifices of the old covenant, but with the blood of Almighty God. Hallelujah. He entered in and it was accepted and he has obtained eternal, everlasting, forever redemption for us. Praise God. Well, lift your hands and shout amen, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 The final sacrifice, the final sacrifice, the Lamb of God, wasn't it fitting and proper that when the angels appeared, when Jesus was born, that he appeared to the shepherds tending the lamb outside of Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Praise God. They was there with the lambs to be sacrificed before Almighty God. But they said, we've got one that's gonna bring eternal redemption. Praise God. All oh, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Praise be unto God. So with his own blood, he entered in to the holy of holies. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah. Obtaining eternal redemption for us. Turn over to the 13th chapter of uh, Hebrews. Thirteenth chapter and the twentieth verse. It said, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, how did he bring him up? What right, what right did God have to raise Jesus Christ up? Now you know your God's a just and a righteous God. He wouldn't just use a sovereign act of God and raise Jesus Christ up. Now that wouldn't be fair. He's not that kind of God. 
He, he's never said, yeah, just cause I'm God, I'll do it. He won't do that. He bound himself by his word. He bound himself by his son's life. He bound himself by the living word of Almighty God and how he operates in a covenant relationship. So he said, 20th verse, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, praise God. Hallelujah. See, that's how he brought him up. On the cross, Jesus Christ died for us as the Son of Man, the representative man on that cross. But he also died as the Son of God. And a blood covenant was cut there on that cross that day. The blood flowed for the Son of Man. The blood flowed for the Son of God. And God and man cut a blood covenant. And on that resurrection morning, hallelujah, God said it's enough and raised him out through the blood of the everlasting in covenant, hallelujah. Praise be unto God. I'm telling you right now, that covenant's been hell tested. That covenant has withstood anything that Satan could try to stop. Hallelujah. If he couldn't stop Jesus, he can't stop you, praise God. Because Jesus cut that covenant for me as the son of man. Amen. Amen. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be God. Jerusalem Bible says, by the blood that sealed an eternal covenant. It sealed it. The red seal blood is on every page of our new covenant here. Every page, every jot, every tittle has been written in the blood of Almighty God. Hallelujah. The guarantee. Hallelujah. When one of your children gets sick, Healing belongs to you just as much as the resurrection belonged to Jesus. Amen. 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 How can that be? Because this covenant is a blood covenant ratified in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an everlasting covenant. He said he carried this sixth chapter of Hebrews and the 19th verse said he carried this in behind the veil into the Holy of Holies. You know, the high priest in the Old Testament, he would go in once a year and present himself before Almighty God in the Holy of Holies. And if he went in wrong or God did not accept their sacrifice, he would fall dead. Hallelujah. How many of you know that our Lord Jesus Christ came out with a new ratified covenant in his hand? He had a scepter. It was the scepter of righteousness. Hallelujah. It was the scepter of his kingdom. And he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He sat down as king of kings and lord of lords. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Oh, I've heard old time people, Pentecostal people especially say, oh, how great a salvation. They sang a song. I remember how great a salvation. Oh, blessed be God. Blessed be God. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Jesus is raised from the dead. A new covenant's been ratified. It's being upheld by the Supreme Court of the universe. Satan will, just like the mafia would try to withstand it or, or, or come against your covenant rights, 
But when you operate in the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is nothing more than a cast-off demon. That's all. In the name of Jesus, he has no choice. He does not have a choice whether he'll flee. He has to flee because it's God's word. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He knows if he disagrees or breaks one bit of this covenant and God's word falls to the ground, he'll be put in hell tomorrow. Amen. Praise God. Turn with me back to the 27th chapter of, of, of Matthew. Matthew 27. After the resurrection, look in... Uh, 50th verse, Matthew 27, 50. Matthew 27, 50 said, And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. All right, now listen to him. 51st verse. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earthquake and the rocks were split and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who were fallen asleep were raised and coming up out of the graves after his resurrection. You know, he said when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He led a parade of those Old Testament saints that were in Abraham's bosom, bless God. I'm telling you right now, they, he led them not out of captivity. They stopped by up there in Jerusalem and they were seen all over town. Some of them just stopped by up there and got their body, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you what the life and nature of God will do to a dead body, it'll raise it. Amen. Praise be unto God. You know the story of Elisha? He asked for a double portion. He wore out, his body wore out, he got old. They buried him in a tomb, but there was out, a, 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 a small band was spying out the enemy's camp, and one of the young men died, and the enemy were coming. They didn't want to know that they had been there. They took the young man, throwed him in there on Elisha's grave, and it was enough of the life and nature of Almighty God in his bones. That life of God was shut up in his bones. Bless God, and those dry bones come alive. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. And the young man was raised. Oh, blessed be God. After the resurrection and they came in contact with the glorified, resurrected Jesus Christ, they came alive and the graves were open. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was a glimpse of the resurrection we're going to have. Amen. Praise be unto God. Praise be unto God. The tombs were open. Oh, hallelujah. One translation said, they appeared unto many all over Jerusalem. Praise God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians 15. <coughs> Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 15th chapter, first verse. Read now the New King James Bible. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preach unto you, unless you believe in vain. 
For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture, and that he was seen of Cephas, you know who Cephas was? He's the high priest that instigated uh, the crucifixion. He was seen of Cephas. Then by the twelve, after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah. So our Lord Jesus, his resurrection was a known fact throughout all the church world at that time. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. His resurrection has been a fact. His resurrection has been recorded, documented in history. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was never any, any kind of uh, 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 thing to try to even repute this thing. It was a known fact. It was a known fact. Praise be unto God. Turn with me back, if you will, to Luke, the 24th chapter again. Luke 24:45. Let's read a few more accounts of what happened. Luke 24:45. It said, and he opened their eyes of their understanding. This was when he appeared to them, that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said unto them, this it is written, that thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of all these things, he said, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry or wait in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Praise be unto God. That's Jesus' ascension. Now turn with me to the first chapter of the book of Acts. First chapter of the book of Acts. Praise God. First verse. He said, The former accounts made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus both began to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, have given commandments to the apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of Almighty God. Look in the ninth verse. Now when he had spoken these things, he told them to go receive the Holy Ghost. After that he said, now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Praise be unto God. 
That wasn't a rain cloud. It was nothing but the glory of Almighty God that came down and received him out of their sight. Turn with me now to Hebrews, the first chapter. Hebrews, the first chapter. Have you got your shouting clothes on tonight? Huh? If you hadn't, I got time to wait till you run chains right quick. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is shouting grounds. What does these things mean unto us? What does this mean unto us? What does it mean, the blood covenant that Jesus cut? What does it mean in his death, him taking our sin? What does the mighty resurrection mean? Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be God. What does these things mean unto us? Hebrews, the first chapter. First verse. God who in sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers has in these last days spoken to us by his prophets. Praise be unto God. Has these last days spoken to us by his son, the second verse, whom he has appointed heir of all things, whom he also made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, when he'd handled the sin problem, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, for under which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son today, I have begotten you, and again, I will be unto him a father, and he shall be unto me, me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God, this is what he's saying to Jesus. This is God talking to Jesus. Let all the angels of God worship him, and of the angels, he said, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire, but unto the Son he saith, Your throne forever and ever is a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of your kingdom. God Almighty turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, a glorified, resurrected man, and called him God. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be God. He called him God, and he said, your scepter or your, or your staff or, or, or your authority, blessed be God, is a scepter of righteousness. Praise God. And he turned to him and called him God, and he sat down at the right hand of Almighty God with all authority, all power, and every bit of the power behind the whole universe is backing up our king this day, and everything that he bought and paid for now is set on the man's credit. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise be unto God. Jesus, the almighty son of the living God, died on the cross with sin and shame. Jesus Christ was once a dead man in hell. But now he's resurrected, 
to the right hand of Almighty God and God the Father turns to him and calls him God. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. How mighty is our redemption. How mighty is our God. Hallelujah. Oh, our king sits at the highest seat in the universe. Oh, blessed be God. He's ascended unto his throne. You know, Satan would have liked to have locked the door shut and not let our king ascend to his throne because he knew what was going to happen. But he couldn't stop it because of the blood of the new covenant. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Our God, our King, our Messiah, our Lamb of God now sits at the highest seat in the universe as King of kings and Lord of lords. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Praise God. Praise be unto God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be God. Blessed be God. Oh, Hallelujah. Satan can't stop you any more than he can stop Jesus, praise God. Hallelujah. He can't stop you from doing anything that God told you to do. He can't stop you from obtaining one thing in your new covenant. He cannot stop you from anything no more than he could stop our master, praise God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Y'all get anything out of this? Y'all get something out of this kind of stuff? Praise God. I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll make you jump up and down on the inside. Amen. It'll make you bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. What does all this mean? What does this mean? That means my master sits at the highest seat in the universe. You know what he said about you? He said he's done raised you up to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I hear preachers sometimes trying to handle that verse and they say, well, now that's positionally. I know right off the bat he's been to the seminary, cemetery, wherever he's been. He's been somewhere that has robbed him of faith. He's been somewhere, wherever he's been, because I hear too many of them say, now that's positionally, you know. Them's the kind of folks that talk about God. He's about this long. God. You know. He ain't God. He's Father. Hallelujah. Amen. He may be God to them, but He's Father to me. Praise God. He's Master to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, bless God. You're not sitting in heavenly places positionally. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means, and I don't want to learn. Amen. But let me tell you something. He is at the highest seat in the universe and he is the vine and you are the branch. He's joined, he that's joined himself to the master has formed a single spirit, one with him. The same life that's in him now flows into his body, praise God. Jesus Christ is still walking the shores of Galilee in a flesh and bone body. He's still in the earth today, but it's your flesh and bone body. Amen. He's still there. It's no longer I that lives but it's the Messiah, the Christ of Almighty God. One day the church world will get a hold of this and when they do, I'm telling you, we'll wrap this thing up for, for Sunday morning, praise God. Amen, amen. We'll make that book of Acts look like a Sunday school picnic. Amen. 
we'll take hold of this and we'll know that we don't have to perform one thing. All we have to do is let the master live through us. All we have to do is let his life flow through us. Amen. It's not all but the Messiah, the Christ of God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I tell you what. He said then, Galatians 2.20, said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive. I live. Now, it's not I that lives, but it's the Messiah, the Christ that lives in me. Well, how are you living? It's no longer I that lives, but it's the Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm operating on the Jesus faith. You know, that Jesus faith will curse a fig tree and it'll die up. It'll curse a cancer and it'll dry up from the roots. Amen. Oh, so you can do that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. His body can do what he did. He said, in my name, you'll do the same works I did and greater works. Praise God. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? I said, do you believe that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brenda, you know I preached some things about the flesh and bone Christ and it scared some preachers so bad I'm telling you they didn't know what to think. One fellow said, oh, oh, he said, oh, it just scared him. He told me later, a year later after he'd listened a few tapes and long, he said, man, the first time you talk, oh, is that a Kenneth Copeland meeting? And I was trying to get this across this young man fine man of God, loved Jesus, but he needed to know these truths. He said, man, when you told me some of that, said it scared me. He said, I knew you had something, but it scared me. Oh, it scared me. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, I, I wish a bunch of folks get scared enough to dig into it, find out what this is all about. Amen. The church will never be a church till they see that Jesus is not to be put anywhere but but one standard and that, that, that everyone is made in that same identical pattern with his life, his nature and that everyone has a attainable goal that they can walk this life just like Jesus did. Exactly like him. See, we've said, oh, you know, God put them goals there but you can't reach them. Paul said, I finished my course. <laughs> Ain't that what he said? He said, I'm ready to be delivered up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 What are we going to do with these things? Praise God. You know, sometimes I, I, I wonder these things. I, I, I sit and ponder on them. You know, it's been a long time since I, it's been nearly a year since I taught any of these things about who, who you are in Christ. And I've wondered a many time, was what I'm teaching really for the members of the church, for laity? Or was it just for ministers? I've wondered that. But that can't be right, can it? It can't be right. Me and Dave Robeson talked, and we talk about these things. He said, maybe, maybe, we're, maybe we're trying to teach it to people that'll never get a hold of it. I don't believe that. 
I can't believe that. I can't believe that. I believe I heard from God and he said through this church you'll spread this through the universe, praise God. I believe that. I believe this will revolutionize the church. The church will not be the defeated, look down on shameful thing that it is in the world today, but it'll rise to its heights that it's supposed to and they'll be the thing to reckon with in the earth, praise God. They'll say about us, those that know Jesus have turned this world right side up. Praise God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, glory. Does anybody need prayer for anything? Praise God. This be a good time to receive. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands and receive it. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Praise God. That's it, that's it, that's yours. That's it. That's the life of God right there. Yeah, give me a hand. Lay right on her right there. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I curse that. Lift your hand a little higher. Right there. In Jesus' name, right there. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 The life of God will drive that stuff out. The life of God. When, you know, we need to realize this. We need to realize this. When Jesus prayed for someone, they was either instantly healed or began to amend from that very hour. And we need to realize that. Well, I'm standing by faith. Yes, if you know faith. If you know faith. See, if you know faith, you believe you received the minute you, you was prayed for. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be unto God. Praise God. Anybody else need prayer for anything? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, Valerie, good to see you. Roy, praise God. Good to see you. Ladies, first time I've seen, what's your name? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to remember that next time. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. We want to welcome you all and tell you we love you. We love you. We love you and we mean that. Praise God. Praise be unto God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, whose we are and whose we serve this night, we thank you that the word of the living God's being made alive in our hearts. And we thank you for what you've done for us. Father, we, do, we don't intend to just hear these things. We intend to act upon them. And Father, this day we ask you as we live our lives every day, bring these things to our remembrance that we can glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.